This is the first episode of the Tan Ching Bok podcast. We're coming to you from a cozy space where Dr. Tan will be sharing stories about his real life experiences and dishing out advice. But that's not all. Doc will also personally answer your questions. He has many, by the way, to learn more about his online friends. So the big question is, how can you be part of this show? Well, if you have a phone or a computer, which is probably how you're listening in right now, you just need to send in your questions to ask at tanchingbok.org or go on Instagram and DM him. Now, let's jump right in with our mystery co-host and Dr. Tan. Hi Doc, welcome to the first episode of your podcast series. Are you excited to begin? Yes, I'm very excited. We hope you like this cozy space we've set up for you. I think the ambience is very good and I, I'm sure we can uh, maximize this place to tell you all about the episodes. So Doc, what is the theme of this episode? The theme of this uh, first broadcast is about why I want to be a doctor. Is that why everyone calls you Doc? Yes, that's right. Many now call me Doc because uh, over the years, practicing as a doctor, that's the way they address me. You said that medicine is your first love. What made you fall in love with medicine? I think I watched my father who was always sick and watching him going through his life, taking medicine and seeing doctors, probably inspired me that I should be more than just be a son. I should also try to doctor him. What happened to your father? My dad had tuberculosis and he had quite severe tuberculosis and uh, as a result he couldn't breathe well because tuberculosis affected his lungs and I, in the old days when they when they want to make sure the lungs can perform well they will pump air into below his diaphragm to raise up the lungs so that was very very uh, quite pitiful to see him struggling to breathe even with all this medical help hmm. So could you describe your early days as a doctor? Were there many challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think I, I had a choice whether I should practice medicine in the city or should I practice medicine elsewhere. So that was a conscious decision and I decided after watching some of the doctors, my friend, my doctor friends practicing in the, in the very cozy environment, I decided that that's not what I want. I want to practice medicine uh, based on what I've been taught in, in medical school and that is that I should be be at a place where I can really maximize my, my role as a doctor. So I chose a village practice instead of a city practice. And these are based on some of the values and principles you believe yes, as a doctor? Yes, I think to be a doctor you need, not only you need skills but you also need compassion you need to be have a good relationship with your patients and go beyond just being a doctor. There are also social issues in the surrounding. So I thought that if I were to practice in the village, all the, the ambience would be quite right for me to actually maximize my training as a doctor. I heard that it was tough for you at the start, especially when school fees was a problem. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, for me, yes, I think I almost didn't become a doctor because I remember after my uh, O-levels, 
I had a place to do medicine in my pre-university class at Raffles. But then uh, my father died and therefore that really gave me no, no hope to be a doctor because no fundings, no money. But fortunately, I was helped because uh, one of my classmates in, the, in RI uh, told the father, who happened to be a principal of Raffles, about my, my problem and he got me a bursary so that I could manage to continue to do my pre-university before I enter university. Wow, you must have gone a very long way uh, to become who you are today. I think even, even with the bursary, it wasn't enough. So in between your classes, you've got to give tuition, you've got to, uh, you know, there are so many, and then your, parent, your mother is always so worried because there's, uh, you've got to have bring food to the, onto the table. There were seven of us and, uh, and uh, the only one working is my elder brother and he made very little money. So with that bursary, I could actually contribute to the home also. So it's, it's tough, but it's okay. I think you can manage. Is there any um, words of wisdom that you would like to share with the current healthcare practitioners or even doctors? I think important thing, you must do what you believe in. You must persevere what you want to do. And you must do it correctly, the right thing. Your values must be there. Your compassion for the people, your compassion for, 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 for your friends also. So being a doctor is not just dishing out medicine. I think it's also to, to, to learn how to share some of your way of doing or managing patients, especially when you hear so many of their stories, uh, how to share with other people so that there is, uh, there'll be, this is like a lesson when they talk to me on how I'm, I'm able to connect with them. So Doc, where do you start your medical practice and what were some of the interesting experiences or encounters that you can share with us? I practice in a village called Ama King Village. It is quite far away from town. In terms of mileage, it's about 17 and a half miles. We use the old uh, way of measuring the distance. Uh, and being quite far away, from the city, there's always this uh, this lack of proper uh, proper uh, facilities to manage difficult cases. So actually, I was like having an A and E unit every day, and it is very challenging because the cases that I see sometimes can be very traumatizing and very you need a little bit more help. So many a times when patients are very severe, I have no choice. I got to drop everything put the patient onto my car and drive them straight away to the hospital because the urgency is there and I know that that, that the, the management that I can give to the patient is not enough. So this is where by working in the village like Amakeng has all these sort of challenges. You not only become a doctor, you also become a driver sometimes. But it's part of the, part of the joy of being a doctor in the village. Villages are poor, they have uh, especially, and they, they have uh, farms, they have pigs small, they keep a few pigs, they keep a few chickens, and they manage the farm, they till the soil there. So sometimes it's beautiful, when the rain comes, everything is washed away, and there they, they, they will have even problem paying me because there's no money. 
And uh, but it is not the money that matters. It is the joy of looking after them, even in these difficult times. You mentioned that some of them actually uh, paid you in different forms. Could you share a little bit more? Money has never taken my, my mind as my priority. The joy of being a doctor is to see how you really treat your patients and manage them. So after a while, the patients know that even if they got no money, they can actually have access to my clinic. Uh, or there were many instances where I remember some of them couldn't pay me. I think in particular, there was this young boy, maybe I've told the story before, but this, this young boy has got severe asthma and the parents were so frightened that they don't have enough money to come and see me. But when the child was brought to me, I know he was in a serious state. It took me quite a while to, to actually resuscitate him and get him better. At the end of the day, the, the parents, the father was so grateful, but he knew he couldn't pay me. So he gave me his wedding ring, which really touched me and really made me very worried. And said, my goodness, this poor chap is really must be really poor to give, to part with his wedding ring. Then I told him, no, you keep it and that you must bring the child to see me. And then don't worry about the fees and so on. So more than 10 years, we, we didn't take Maybe his whole family came to see me and I treated them. And uh, the, you see, you must have faith in people and I have faith in them. And I know the, 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 the father was very grateful. And uh, one day, the, the son, this young boy became uh, quite, quite big and I was at a relocated clinic at this uh, Jurong West and he came and uh, gave me a, a hamper. And I remember he said that his parents said that when, he, when they are better off, they should come and pay me. But that must be many, many years ago, maybe 10 odd years. But it's a joy of receiving that parcel that reminded him of that little boy who was actually gasping for air when I first saw him. And now he's so strong and he's going to the States to study. That was the biggest present and the biggest reward you can get as a doctor. Thank you for sharing that, Doc. That was really a very heartwarming story. Now, it is time for some Q&As. Thank you, online friends, for asking us your questions on Instagram and through email. Okay. Okay, we got this question from this gentleman. I, I, I'm not sure how to, I'm going to pronounce the name, but it's a really long one. But it goes like this. Hazuki Rensuki. I hope correct. Huh? I, uh, excuse me if I didn't pronounce your name correctly. But his question is, what do you think are the qualities to be a good doctor? Well, I think this is something which, uh, which uh, those who want to be doctors uh, should, should have. That is compassion, caring. Uh, but don't let money be the most important thing when you become a doctor. Because that may cloud your ability to be a good doctor. So if you put it aside and think of how, how best you can, uh, you can really contribute to the people you are serving, I think that is far more important. So the qualities I think will come naturally when you're in that type of environment, uh, looking after the patients, all these things like compassion, caring for them. Not only don't care for them, it's a family, you know. And also the environment they are staying in, that you should have some idea and some feel 
of how how they are managing their lives in that kind of environment. Okay, there's another question, and it's by Violet YSM, correct? And her question is, Dr. Tan, what is your formula for making yourself so energetic and active at your age? I think this is a very interesting question. I think the most important formula is first, you must enjoy the company of friends. And your friends must be a wide-ranging. Don't just concentrate on meeting people of your age group. Talk to them all the time. I think you must expand that field and go and meet very young people. Like I know I'm sitting before me are three young people recording uh, this podcast. And also you must all must mix with people of other races, especially in Singapore, because then you 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 get to know their their way of life, you know, and go out with them. So I'm quite happy. All my all my days as a young young student, right to the days when I became a doctor, good at the national service, and finally as a politician, I I always feel that one of the biggest, the greatest thing I really enjoy is making friends. Well, Doc, there's just so many stories about your life. We'd love to hear more from you, but that's all the time we have for today. This has been the first episode of the Tan Ching Bok Podcast. Please follow Dr. Tan on Facebook and Instagram and follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Also, you can ask him your burning questions for this show at ask at tanchingbok.org. So, Doc, any parting words? Remember online friends, no bad language. Bye.